A couple of return back. Happy Father's Day. That's good. Uh, today is a day we're acknowledging the, and honoring the fathers that God has blessed us with. Fathers have been given the privilege and responsibility of raising children for the Lord, our, our Heavenly Father. Uh, he is our example. We uh, do our best to, to love and to teach in the way He taught us. Ephesians 6.4, if you have your bulletins, we have the outline and the verses written out there and the white sheet in the middle. You can pull that out. Ephesians 6, 4 says, Fathers, do not provoke your children to anger, but bring them up in the discipline and instruction of the Lord. And so, as fathers, our primary calling with regard to our children is to train them and instruct them in following the ways of God. And we do that in two ways. First of all, we do it by example. Uh, as we follow God, as we love God, as we walk in God's ways, our children see our example. And secondly, by, by teaching. And of course, those two ways need to complement one another. If we say one thing and do another, it doesn't work so well. But as our example and teaching are in congruence, then God helps our children to walk in His ways. I'd like us to watch a short video about fathers, which is called They'll Never Stop Looking at You. So whether your children are still at home or they've begun families of their own, uh, as fathers, you'll always be their father. They'll always be looking to you to set an example of a godly father and give them godly counsel. And of course, just about everything I say today applies to mothers as well. So I'll be addressing to fathers, but mothers can take instruction as well. Today we're beginning a new message series which I've entitled Abraham Hearing God's Call. And in this series we're going to be looking at the life of Abraham as described in the book of Genesis. And our message today I've entitled God's Call for Fathers. Abraham is called in the Bible our father in the faith. Romans 4.11 says Abraham received the sign of circumcision as a seal of the righteousness that he had by faith. While he was still uncircumcised, the purpose was to make him father of all who believe without being circumcised so that righteousness would be counted to them as well. In other words, God called Abram to be the father of everyone who believes. He was our father in the faith. And as we study his life, we're going to see how his faith grew to believe God for amazing things. God called Abram to be the father of a great nation before he had any children at all. Before he was a father of anyone. God called Abraham to believe and obey him even though Abraham had been raised in a pagan, idol-worshipping society. God called Abraham to take radical steps of faith. Amazing steps of faith throughout his life. And Abraham responded to God's call and he followed God's plan for his life. Now, as we'll see, Abram didn't always follow God's plan perfectly. Sometimes he came up with his own plans, and we'll see that this morning, and it, it didn't work out so well. But Abraham never gave up, and throughout his life, Abraham grew in faith. He grew stronger in faith, and he followed God's plan ever more closely. And the end result is that ultimately Abraham brought blessing to the entire world. Ultimately, Abraham brought blessing to you and I. And we're going to talk about that as we go through this series. But today's message, as I said, will be directed towards fathers. And we want to answer the question, how can we as fathers hear 
and respond to God's call in our own lives. Now, obviously, God has not called us to do exactly the same things as Abraham, but the principles we're going to learn from his life, uh, we are called to those as well. First of all, as fathers, we are called to mission. Before we get to Genesis, let's look at one verse from Hebrews 11.8. It says, by faith. Again, here we see faith. You might wonder, underline that word faith. By faith, Abraham obeyed when he was called to go out to a place that he was to receive as an inheritance. And he went out, not knowing where he was going. And so at this point, Abram was married to Sarai, but they had no children. And yet Abram believed God. He, God had promised Abram that he would make him a great nation. God desired to make Abram the father of many people who were people of faith, people who listened to God, people who followed God. And God's plan, therefore, was to bless Abram so that Abram could in turn bless many, many other people. Now, what does it mean to be blessed? In the Bible, to be blessed is to have God's favor and God's protection upon your life. It's, it's a good thing to be blessed. I want to be blessed. And we want more of God's blessing in our lives. And God desired to bless Abram and bring him and through him to create the nation of Israel, a nation of people who believed in and followed God. But God's plan was even bigger than the nation of Israel. God planned for Abram to be a blessing I guess I haven't been clicking, have I? Here, see, God planned for him to, uh, yes, I did get, did get a little mixed up in my notes here. So we'll go back <clears throat> to number one here. All right, so <clears throat> God chose Abram to be, to be the one to begin that mission. God called Abram to go to a new place, first of all, in verse one. The Lord said to Abram, go from your country and your kindred and your father's house to the land I will show you. Now, we know from Stephen's speech in Acts chapter 1 that God first spoke to Abram in Ur, which is probably modern-day Iraq. Abram and his family then moved to Haran, which is in modern-day Turkey. And after Terah, Abram's father died, Abram continued his journey to the land of Canaan. Now, let's think about it for a few minutes. When God initially called Abram, he called him to leave everything he knew, to leave his home, his relatives, his religion, and go to this new place not knowing where that place even was. And Abraham chose to believe God's voice. He chose to obey God's command, to believe that God was going to guide him in his journey, even though he didn't know where he was going. And Abraham obeyed God. The Lord promised that he would be a father of many. We've already talked about this, that God would make him a great nation and bless him and make his name great so that he would be a blessing. And God's plan was bigger than just the nation of Israel. God would cause Abram to be a blessing to the entire world. Verse 3, God said, I will bless those who bless you, and him who dishonors you I will curse, and in you all the families of the earth will be blessed. And so God's plan was that through Abram, the nation of Israel would be created, and ultimately Israel would produce the Messiah, Jesus, the Savior, who would bless the entire world. And Abram responded in verse 4. Abram went as the Lord had told him, and Lot went with him. He was 75 years old when he departed from Haran. And so Abram, in faith, began to follow God's mission for his life and his family. 
He believed in God's promises. He obeyed God's instructions. And so how can we, as people, as fathers, how can we follow his example? What can we learn from this story? Well, God has a mission for your life. Just as he had a mission for Abram's life, God has a mission for your life and my life as well. And God's mission for your life involves new things. It involves going to new places. Now, sometimes, in Abram's case, that may mean going to a new geographic place. But many times it does not. The new place that God is calling you to is a new place of influence for God. For some, that new place may be a place of influence at work. God wants you to be an influence in your workplace. He wants you to take a new stand for him. It might be a new place of influence in the church family or in your community. Your mission will not be doing the same thing for your whole life. That would be boring anyhow, wouldn't it? Abram was living his life for 75 years. God called him to something new. And our mission, your mission, will involve reproducing the life of God that you have in other people. Now, as fathers, for many, well, obviously for all fathers, that will involve fathering physical children. But for everyone, it will also involve fathering or birthing spiritual children, helping new people come into the kingdom of God. And God wants to bless you so that you can bring more children into his family. And as you and I walk in God's blessing, he will bless those who bless us. Not, not only does God desire to bless us as we work with people and be a blessing to us, those of us that we personally know, to people that we personally know, he desires for us to be a blessing to our world as well. And one of the ways that we can do that is as we support and participate missions that sends missionaries around the world to those we'll never talk to, to those we'll never see, we can, be, we can participate in birthing spiritual children around the world. And so God has called fathers and each one of us to a mission, to a purpose in life. Secondly, God has called us to worship. The mission that God has called us to can only be fulfilled as we grow in our relationship with God, as we have an ongoing relationship with God, a relationship in which we talk to God, a relationship in which God speaks to us. And that's really what worship is all about. Worship is two-way communication with God. As we praise and honor God in worship, it prepares our hearts to hear God speak to us. And so Abram learned to worship despite difficulty. Verse 6 of chapter 12, Abram passed through the land, he's now in the land of Canaan, to the place at Shechem, to the ark of Moreh. At that time, the Canaanites were in the land. Then the Lord appeared to Abram and said, to your offspring, I will give this land. So he built there an altar to the Lord who had appeared to him. And so what is the difficulty in these verses? Well, God had guided him to the land of Canaan. God had guided him to this place, to the town of Shechem. And then we see this little line, at that time the Canaanites were in the land. And so the land that God was leading Abram to, to be his inheritance, to be his place, the, the land for Israel, was not vacant. There were other people living there. And the Lord said to Abram, to your offspring I will give this land. Now there are two difficulties with that statement. The first difficulty is that 
Abram had no offspring. He'd been married, to, he was 75 years old. I, usually they got married young. He probably had been married for 50, 60 years. And Sarai had no children. She was barren. Now they lived a little bit longer. Abram eventually lived 175 years. So they lived a little bit longer back then than we live now. But the first difficulty with that statement is Sarah was barren. And secondly, how could God give him this land when other people were already living in the land? Even back then, people didn't generally like the idea of somebody coming in and kicking them out of their homes and taking over their, over their land. So what did Abram do? He didn't argue with God. He didn't say that doesn't make sense. He didn't turn around and say, I'm going back to my homeland. No, he built an altar and he worshipped the Lord. And so he worshipped despite this difficulty, despite probably not fully understanding what was going on. He learned that prayer is part of worship. Verse 8, and there he, that's Abram, moved to the hill country to the east of Bethel and pitched his tent with Bethel on the west and Ai on the east. And there he built an altar to the Lord and called upon the name of the Lord. Abram continued to follow God's direction. He came to the city of Bethel. He settled there for a time. Obviously, there was a city there. Uh, there were people living there. He built another altar to the Lord. And so he made worship an integral part of his life. Wherever he went, building this altar was a demonstration of him worshiping the Lord. And not only did he build an altar here at Bethel, but he called upon the name of the Lord. In other words, he didn't just listen to God speak. He began to speak to God. He began to call on God's name. He began to talk to God. He began to make requests from God. And as we go through the story of Abram in this message series, we're going to see Abram growing spiritually all through his life as he continued to worship. And so bringing this back home to us, the mission that God has called you to as a father will not be revealed to you all at once. God didn't tell Abram where he was going when he set out from Ur of the Chaldees. God guided him one step along the way. One step. Abram obeyed, took that step. God showed him the next step. Abram obeyed, he took that step. God told him the next step. Now, Abram knew he was coming to a land that he would inherit, but he didn't know all the steps in between. And so God guides us each step of the way, but in order to be successful in our mission, we must be a worshiper of God. We must have a relationship with God. Now, part of the reason for that is that the mission that God has given you is going to be opposed, it's going to be attacked by the enemy. And we're going to see an attack on Abram as we go through the story this morning. But don't be discouraged. Don't try to find your own way. Don't try to make your own plans. Worship even if you don't see how it's all going to work out in the end. Because God sees the big picture. And God is there for us. Believe the promises that God has spoken to you. Learn to worship. Learn to call on God in every circumstance. And as you do, God will guide you one step at a time through the mission that he has for your life. And your mission is as unique as the person God created you to be. And each of us is a unique person. Each of us has a unique mission from God. Now, finally, as a father, 
Uh, we are, well, first of all, we're called to, we're called to mission, we're called to worship, we're finally called to trust God. Now, verse 10, another difficulty. Now, there was a famine in the land, so Abram went down to Egypt to sojourn there, for the famine was severe in the land. Well, God had called Abram to the land of Canaan to make his home there, but another difficulty was famine. There was not enough food to feed Abram and his family. And so he decides to go down to Egypt, which had sufficient food. You know, when it didn't rain in Canaan, there were no crops. In Egypt, they had the Nile River. And so there was always something there. We see that multiple times in the Bible. People go down to Egypt for food. Now, we're not told whether God directed Abram to go to Egypt or not. And I'm not quite sure. As the story turns out, it didn't turn out very well. So maybe he wasn't supposed to go there. I'm not sure. But he decided to go down to Egypt where there was sufficient food. And as we continue our story, we're going to see that Abram did not always make the right decision. Sometimes he didn't trust God as he should. Sometimes he sinned. Sometimes he came up with his own plans. And so in Abram's life, as in the lives of most of the people in the Bible, we see both positive examples, things we are to emulate, Abraham's faith, and we'll see negative examples, things that we learn from what not to do in our own lives. So in our mission, we must not resort to lies. We must not give in to doubt. We must not give in to making our own plans when God's plans seem not to be going well. Verse 11, when he, that's Abram, was about to enter Egypt, he said to Sarai, his wife, I know that you are a woman beautiful in appearance, and when the Egyptians see you, they will say, this is his wife. Then they will kill me, but they will let you live. Say you are my sister, that it may go well with me because of you, and that my life may be spared for your sake. Well, Abram at this point was over 75 years old. We know from other uh, sources that Sarai was 10 years younger, so she was at least 65 or 70 years old, but she was still a beautiful woman. Abram was afraid that Pharaoh in Egypt, the ruler of Egypt, would see her beauty and would take her to be his, or want to take her to be his wife. But since she was already married to Abram, Abraham would be, Abram would be a, uh, would be a deterrent to Pharaoh's plan and he would eliminate or kill Abram in order to have and take Sarai as his wife. And so Abram said, well, that's not good. <clears throat> you know, I, I really don't want to die. And so I'm going to tell my wife, Sarai, to say she's my sister. And then they're not going to kill me. And so Abram was not trusting in God's protection. Uh, he was resorting to sin. He was lying. He was saying things that were not true in order to protect himself, and that deception brought disaster. It said, when the princes of Pharaoh saw her, at Sarai, they praised her to Pharaoh, and the woman was taken into Pharaoh's house. But the Lord afflicted Pharaoh and his house with great plagues because of Sarai, Abraham's wife, Abram's wife. Now, we don't know exactly what Abram was thinking. I mean, we know a lot of it. We know he was afraid for his own life. That's why he lied. But he should have known that if Sarai was introduced as his sister, then there would have been no impediment to Pharaoh taking her as one of his wives. And that's exactly what happened. And this was a disaster on many levels. First of all, Sarai was now 
married to a, a second man. She was basically committing adultery uh, with her, although she probably had no choice in the matter, although she did obey Abram's wrong counsel to lie to Pharaoh. And secondly, God's whole mission and plan for Abram and Sarai was at risk. Abram could never become the father of, of the nation of Israel without his wife Sarai who was now in Pharaoh's harem. And if this part of the mission failed, then the entire plan to create the nation of Israel, to ultimately bring the Messiah into the world, would also fail. So Satan was obviously at work behind the scenes attempting to abort this mission that God had for Abram. Things weren't going so well with Abram doing his own thing, and so God stepped in. And he afflicted Pharaoh and his household with great plagues, great diseases, and uh, it was because of Sarai, Abram's wife, that uh, Pharaoh had now taken her as his wife when she was already married to Abram. So Pharaoh investigated. He discovered somehow that Sarai was not Abram's sister, but Abram's wife. And so what would Pharaoh do now? Abraham's, Abram's fear was that Pharaoh would kill him. But that's not what happened. Abram needed to learn that God would protect him. The Pharaoh said in verse 19, Why do you say, speaking to Abram, she is my sister, so that I took her for my wife? Now then, here is your wife. Take her and go. As we said before, Abram was afraid that Pharaoh would kill him if he told the truth about Sarai. And now Pharaoh knew the truth, but he didn't kill Abram. Pharaoh simply told Abram to take his wife and go. Pharaoh understood that the plagues or diseases that came upon his house were a curse from the Lord uh, because Sarai was there. And so God had protected Abram, even though Abram had put his wife Sarai through a horrible ordeal because of his lies. And so Abram and Sarai left Egypt and went back to Canaan where God took care of them. And so in the mission that God has called you to in life, there are going to be difficulties. There's going to be times when the difficulties will tempt you to think that God's plan cannot possibly work out. That you have to take the matters into your own hands. Times when you think that you don't need to follow God's word. Because you have to protect yourself. You don't need to follow God's word because you have to take care of your own needs. But we learn from Abram's story here today not to doubt God. Always trust him, always obey him, always follow his plan and purpose. None of us is perfect. And as we go through the story, we'll see this is not the last time that Abram messes up. And each of us is going to be tempted from time to time to doubt God. And when we realize that we've gone off mission, when we've begun to do our own thing, when we're not following God's plan and mission for our lives, just simply ask God to forgive you and get back on track. Abram here got back on track. God protected him, and he came back to the land of promise, back to the land of Canaan, and continued to follow God. God didn't abandon him, even though he messed up, and God isn't going to abandon you. He's always there to lift us back on our feet even when we stumble and fall. So don't ever give up on him. And so on our mission in life, we are called 
to trust in God at all times. Now, as I said before, of course, the lessons from this story apply to all of us, not just to fathers. But I'll conclude with fathers. As fathers, we are called to mission. First of all, to raise our children to serve God. That is the most important part of our task as fathers. Secondly, to reproduce spiritual children. Now, of course, just because we have physical children doesn't mean automatically they're spiritual children. They need to be led to give their hearts to the Lord and to follow Him and train them up as people or children of faith. But we also to reproduce spiritual children outside of our families that we might impact our nation and our world. The only way to fulfill our mission is as we grow as worshipers of God. Not just on Sundays, but all the time, wherever we go. We see in Abram's life as he moved from place to place, he built an altar and he worshiped God. Now, we don't have to build physical altars, but we worship God wherever we're at. We can worship God, obviously, on Sunday mornings in church. We worship God when we get up in the morning. We should be worshiping God when we go to bed at night. We should be worshiping God as we drive to work, as we're on the job, worshiping, communicating to God, listening to His direction. And as we go on mission, there's going to be opposition. There's going to be difficulties. We learn to trust God through those things. And as we do, God's going to protect us. God's going to make the way clear. God's going to help us to complete the mission that he has for our lives one step at a time. And so my prayer is that God would help every father here today and every person to fulfill God's mission for their lives. Now, the very first step in God's mission for your life is to put your faith and trust in Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior. To become a believer, according to the Bible, first of all, we have to admit that we've sinned. Secondly, we need to believe that Jesus died on the cross to forgive our sins, and he rose from the dead three days later. And thirdly, we need to commit our lives to following him as our Lord. And so I'd like to ask us all to bow our heads right now. And if you've never committed your life to Jesus Christ before, or if you've committed your life in the past and you want to recommit your life, I'd encourage you to pray along with me in your heart. Say something like this. Father, today I admit that I've sinned. I've been following my plan for my life rather than yours. Please forgive me. I believe that Jesus Christ died on the cross, took the penalty for my sin that I might be forgiven. I believe he rose from the dead and I commit myself to following him as my Lord and Savior. Thank you for coming into my life. And for the rest of us, let's pray as well. Father, we thank you today for the fathers that are here today. We are fathers by your grace and we look to you for your direction and for your blessing. In every decision we have to make, the easy ones and the difficult ones. May we hear your call to the mission of our lives. May we have ears to hear. We pray that you would bless us so that we can be a blessing to our families, to our church, and to our world. Teach us, God, to live lives of worship, to live lives of prayer. Because we need to hear your call in our lives each and every day. Forgive us, God, when we, we put our trust in anything other than you or anyone other than you. Forgive us for the times we, 
we try to come up with our own plans. We ask for your protection when, when adversity and, and opposition comes to our family or to our church. We ask for your protection. God, we ask that you would help us as fathers to be leaders who lead with courage and strength. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.